0: Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. This should be played at high volume,
1: preferably in a residential area. Well, it's a holiday weekend here in the United States, and uh, regardless of what you may have seen on Twitter.com, Top Rove Nation is still alive. My name is Ryan Drosty, your host as always here with Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. Guys, I might rant on Twitter here in just a minute. But before we get to that, as I mentioned, it's a holiday weekend here in the States. And uh, I just want to throw it out and see what are you guys doing this weekend? Kyle, you got any big Fourth of July plans? Let me tell you something.
2: Um, we're going to have a tag team discussion here, a historical discussion at the end of this program. For the last 11 days, I have been playing the role of Ricky Moore, I think. Just getting beaten on and beaten on by the game of life, as I think I talked about in maybe two episodes. My wife was going to Germany, leaving me with our child for 11 days. Uh, Sans one, where my parents were kind enough to take take her and watch her uh, so I could go up for my buddy Brian's birthday, front of the show, Brian, his 40th birthday. What a night that was, by the way. But anyway, um, other than that, I have just been beaten on and beaten on by a lot of things. And... Tomorrow, when she gets home, 6 p.m. Eastern, Hopkins International Airport. My wife may not know who Robert Gibson is, but by God, I am going to give her one of the wildest hot tags you have ever seen in your entire (laughs) life. I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. I don't know if it's going to draw a pop, but I'm doing it because I ain't got much much left.
1: We should have just live streamed your entire week with your daughter live on the air. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been entertaining. She's I, would, been I bet doctor. we would have got hundreds of new followers. Aren't She's
2: you? been to the doctor. I've been to the doctor. We went for a walk. Got caught in Hurricane Hugo. Oh.
1: <laughs> what a week. Hey, at least you saw she Brian. Keeps,
2: she keeps yelling no whenever I try to turn on the Crockett Cup 86. <laughs> That's the worst thing of all.
1: <laughs> How can you watch Crockett Cup '86, Kyle, when you got you know Princess Sophia and Daniel Tiger out there? You just can't compete with that kind of content.
2: We haven't started with the cartoon game yet. Thankfully.
1: Oh, it's coming. It's coming yeah, soon. And then your TV will be completely overtaken. And good luck watching any classic professional wrestling. Let me tell you. I can tell you from experience, uh, Justin Joint. What are your holiday weekend plans coming up here?
3: Just gonna be. Uh putting the finishing touches on my megan rapino shrine
1: oh yes nice I'm gonna be sipping some tea yeah
3: while wearing some non-betsy ross flag uh nike oh. shoes
2: <laughs>
1: you know i i mean i can't No
2: relation by the way i
1: can't i can't rag on the uh the british too much because uh About 10% of our downloads come from the great United Kingdom these days. And uh, so shout out to all of our listeners across the pond.
2: I don't know why we had a revolution, quite frankly. I've always enjoyed the Brits. Oh, I'll
1: tell you why. Because a bunch of smugglers here in the United States wanted to make even more money. So they had this group called the Sons of Liberty and they convinced the commoners, we got to get away from parliament. We got to get away from the king so we can make more money. And it all just spiraled out of control after that i knew historical ryan had an answer that's right but uh it, yeah hey there you go that's what happened it's an interesting topic but the great united states is is celebrating our birthday this weekend so we are recording on uh wednesday night
2: i have heard that donald trump had let a tank and, and just ran over king george
0: and were they wrong say my wife tells me i'm wrong all the time hey you
2: know it may
1: it may literally rain on his parade tomorrow I don't know. You'll you'll know by the time you guys are listening to this, unless you're one of our Patreon supporters who are watching us live here on Wednesday, July 3rd. This the show will be hitting the podcast streams. Well, either it might hit on the fourth. I don't know. It depends if I want to edit this show tonight before bed or not, or for sure by Friday, the fifth. But uh, we shall see. But we are here, it's a it's an extended holiday weekend in the States, but we got to give you content. It's episode 105. And uh, as I mentioned, guys. For me, what's been taking up all of my time is Twitter.com, because Twitter.com, my God, I don't know. Those of you that follow us on Twitter, at Top Nation, if you haven't seen us tweeting, it's because I don't know what the hell is going on over on Twitter, but our page seems to be nearly deactivated by Twitter. I don't know why. As far as I know, we haven't broken any rules. We have a large following of real people on Twitter, not bots. Uh, we spent five years garnering this reputation on Twitter and about a week ago, a friend of the show, Kyle Ryan, let me know that he wasn't seeing our tweets. And I looked into it and, uh, our follow list started disappearing. Our followers, uh, started disappearing. And, uh, right now I, I am unable to follow anyone. And, uh, when I tweet, uh, Nothing shows up in people's feeds. So uh, I'm hoping to get this uh, straightened out with Twitter. But in the meantime, guys, if you don't like the page on Facebook, look us up on Facebook. We're on Instagram at at Top Rope Nation. It's a good way to get a hold of us and uh, see us putting out our our links and our comments there until this Twitter thing gets straightened out. But like I said, I've I've sent so many messages to Twitter support. I've heard nothing back. The only thing I'm getting back is automated responses about, well, change your password. And that doesn't work. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. So, uh, guys, if you want to help us out, send a tweet to at Twitter support, tag right. us in it, at Top Rope Nation. Say, hey, at Twitter support, what in the hell is going on with this great pro wrestling podcast and what has happened to their page? I, I'm i at a loss. I've been trying to figure this out. Apparently, some other people on Twitter have had the same issue from my searching. And uh, I'm hoping it just goes back to normal. But like I said, it's been about a week and, uh, I mean, we've had this page since the days of top Row press, we converted it over to the podcast page and a lot of time and energy has gone into that Twitter page. So it's really disappointing and it, for Twitter to not even send me any information about why some of these features have been disabled on our account. I don't, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is the fact that we followed a lot of accounts on there. I think we had 22,000 followers, but when we followed around 15 or 16,000, because we give everyone a follow back. Uh, But that's not breaking the rules. In fact, there's many, many, many wrestling podcasts out there that follow five, six times as many accounts as we do, and uh, their pages are fine. So uh, no idea what's going on. So for the meantime, use Instagram, use Facebook. We wanted to let you know we're still here by putting out the show every week as we always do. And, of course, we're on Patreon patreon.com slash top nation where you can go ahead and fund the show become a supporter get that free sticker sent to you in the mail here are exclusive content uh we'll be doing a new edition of top rope nation classics in the next week or two reviewing an old show you can check out the full archive there we get the exclusive podcast and uh you know see what there is so uh, patreon.com slash top rope nation and as always if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe. Leave us the five-star rating. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, TopRopeNation.com, uh, wherever podcasts are found. Tune in radio. You can hear us on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Top Rope Nation Wrestling Podcast, and it will oh. come on. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, AEW Fighter Fest was this past weekend. I did want to you know chat briefly about it. It was a good show. It, uh, it didn't have... Well, I, I don't want to say it didn't have the publicity of Double or Nothing because a lot of people were talking about it afterwards because of some of the more dangerous spots, which we can talk about here if you want. But uh, overall, I thought it was a good show. The pre-show I kind of just vaguely had on in the background. The pre-show was so-so, but uh, I thought the main card was exciting. I thought it was good stuff. Um, Kyle, what was your general observations on on uh, Fighter Fest?
2: It was not as good as Double or Nothing, but it was not intended to be, so that's not a problem. Um, It was a bridge show, and what the show wound up being was nothing novel, but it kind of is novel by comparison to WWE because it was a a successful bridge show in that, okay, we've had one big event, Double or Nothing. We're having another big show, All Out, and we just need to get there. We're going to have these aren't throwaway matches. They're not just throw, just not pointless stuff. That's going to be nothing in the grand scheme of things. But it's it's largely a bridge to get to the bigger show. And all the winners I thought were pretty lo- well for logical, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. OK. Um, you know, Moxley needed the win. Got it. Um, Hangman Page definitely needed the win. Got it. Uh, Chima was it. Needed the win. Got it. So, you know, uh, in that regard, I thought it was fine. It was, you know, I don't, there was nothing blow away on the show. But it, it certainly, you cannot call it a great show, but you definitely cannot call it a bad show. It was a good I, I would rate, like, everything kind of between, if you're doing the star rating game, between, like, three and four stars, I thought everything was on the show.
1: hmm um, would you, would you I
2: say do th- come, I do want to come back after Justin or we go around the horn or whatever. I did want to come back to the Cody Darby Allen match because I thought that was the one match which had several talking points.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's actually what I, exactly what I was gonna throw it to. Um, I know Justin, you haven't had a chance to see the whole show yet. Um, but do you have any general thoughts on what you've seen on social media and I'm sure you've seen some clips from the show and uh, anything that grabbed you right off the bat?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it, but all I really got to see were some GIFs. And yes, that's GIFs with a hard G because it stands for Graphic Interchange Format.
1: That's right, Graphic
3: G gi- G gi- hard G. Um, but it's, I, um, I, you know, I'm sure we're going to be covering the big talking point here coming up. But uh, I guess I just thought it was really cool when John Moxley spit
1: out the 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 attack i mean so that's really all i got <laughs> that match was way more than i expected uh and that that last match it got pretty pretty hardcore i'm not generally into that type of wrestling I'm, i don't know if you guys are i don't think you are from our our previous conversations but
2: no not really i think it's one of those things that when it's overdone it becomes really boring mm. and the last thing that style of wrestling should be is boring yeah, so you really need to be very careful how often you go to that. Well,
1: I thought it was interesting that uh, Tony Khan on the post show was very upfront that you wouldn't be seeing anything like that on TNT, which of course would be the case. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that it's this is not the, the kind of thing that you're going to be seeing often from AEW more and ne- more or less, I guess, probably in the future as kind of like a blow off type thing. But uh, it definitely grabbed people's attention on Saturday night. But so did that Cody Darby Allen match. And uh, we talked about it in the preview of this show. Darby Allen has is, is been kind of this rising star in the independent scene. He does a lot of crazy stuff. And uh, he did here in this match, he took the crazy back bump off the top rope to the ring apron. I mean, no need, guys. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I gasped at the
2: time. But like, we just, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of criticism thrown New Japan's way. Uh, in that, you know, in the uh, Ibushi, when, when Ibushi did it, um, yeah, we know it's the hardest part of the ring, folks.
1: Yeah, it was. That was not pretty. I, I mean, I cringe watching that. Like, why even why do that? Why put your future at risk over just one little spot? You know, it's that's just not smart, but it got people talking. I'm sure that's what he was looking for. Um, I did think the Cody Darby match was probably the best dramatic story told um and uh you know we'll it, it went to the that. it went to the draw. What's that?
2: I said I'll co-sign on that.
1: Yeah, it went it went to the time limit draw. Like Cody had it one, but the uh, the time limit expired there at the end, so he didn't, you know, they, they kept Darby as as a legitimate threat uh going forward for people that hadn't seen him before. And uh I think we might have talked on the pre-show about that, like how they would go about doing that because he was a rising star, but we weren't sure that they would want to beat Cody either. Uh, so it was interesting to see him go to a draw this early on their second show because they've talked um, about how they're going to be like a winners and losers promotion. Yes,
2: and there's an irony because I have no problem with this draw.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I've said on this program before, you can tell a story with the draw, and and the story here was very clear that okay, yeah, Darby Allen got his ass kicked, but he didn't lose. Mm-hmm. He hung the twenty minutes and. It's a completely fine story. And it's funny, Meltzer put it over, of course he did. But, you know, when when pressed on the draw issue, this would be a total non-issue if they weren't so, they meaning the promotion AEW, so like up front and kind of, you know, the spin was from the Meltzers and such the world that, oh, we're not doing draws. This is a pure sports, winners and losers. Had they not been so... Up front about that, I I don't think there'd be any problem with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in a vacuum, I have zero issue with that finish whatsoever. I just think you know it's a little it was a little amusing to see you know Meltzer kind of have to retcon his argument, you know, after the way you know the view on draws had been spun. Right. Initially. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think it was it was logical. The way they did it, but uh, yeah, when you look at the things they've said in in promotion in advance, that was a little harder to square away. But yeah, I I thought it was fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, draws suck. Well, okay, you know what? Uh, I was thinking about this. I, I didn't I didn't take notes for this show, warning. So I could ramble a little bit more. But some things just came back to me on the subject of the draw. You know what a shitty draw was that happened recently that most people remember? The Seth Rollins Kofi Kingston night after May match Mm -hmm. that was a shitty draw because wwe booked a situation that they had no intent which was winner take all that they had no intention of delivering no intention of going back to by the way this is a sign of poor writing on a show you're those two guys you're their characters right you didn't win that match it was interrupted by the bar okay wouldn't it be a really big deal to be the unified world champion in the wwe right it would yeah. be a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Neither guy has mentioned it since. That's just bad. That's bad storytelling. Period. Mm-hmm. Blank in a discussion. Sorry, yeah. folks. Yeah. It just is. Just wanted to say that. This, though, you expected to be followed up on. Now, I'm going to get to Cody in a second, and I think there are some legit criticisms that can be made of Cody, his character. But Darby mm-hmm. Allen's character is going to obviously say, hey, I want more. And from Cody's perspective, he's like, God, I want to beat this kid. So it's, it's actually a useful draw. The draw became bastardized in the Monday Night Wars by, you know, Bischoff, you nitro because they would be guilty of what I just talked about with WWE. They put matches in the ring. They had no intention of delivering a conclusion and would not go back to.
1: Yeah. Um, and then after the match, of course, you had the, the spot that was the most talked about thing of the night when uh, the former Ty Dillinger, Comes out with the chair, uh, the gimmicked chair, as they told us after the show. Looked like it was pre-dented and uh, hits Cody in the head with it. Unprotected chair shot. Uh, Justin, when you heard about this, what were your initial thoughts? Because I know you've talked about on the show before how you don't really watch the NFL anymore because of the head injury situation. So I really wanted to get your perspective on this. What it, what did you think when you saw this? It was
3: pretty ugly. Um You know, in the, in the weirdest thing is, is not only is it just really bad for the, the wrestler, but it's also nonsensical. Like if someone's swinging a chair at you, you're going to put your hand up, you're going to put your arm up. So why not do that? I mean, does, does that take away from the moment at all? If maybe, you know, some of the chair hits his hand to block the blow, but he still drops. I mean, it's just, it's just dumb.
1: Right, like you don't even flinch or react at all. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the only logical to that point—that's a very good point. Unprotected chair shot I can ever recall was like the climactic moment of the first Hell in a Cell between Michaels and Taker, when Michaels had just been beaten within his inch of his life, and he just like turns around and walks into it. Mm. But like other than that, like th- like you know, because he had just nothing left, and he just eats the chair shot, and it's just like you think it's over, and then whatever Kane shows up him. We will go unhappily ever after. But you're right. just as right. It is kind of illogical to take an unprotected chair shot because if someone's swinging a chair at me,
1: I'm putting my hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he got split open really bad. 12 staples. Uh, basically what happened is the opening in the back of the chair kind of like wrapped around the back of his head and sliced him open. Really ugly as he laid there on the mat and you saw the blood, like pretty thick blood just, you know dripping out and pooling underneath him i was legitimately scared for the guy you know for a while there it was it was really bad you saw the gash in the back of his head the announcers were clearly concerned uh luckily didn't they are
2: sure to call it to the side of the head my god
1: yeah (laughs) luckily um he didn't have a concussion which is amazing but uh he was he was cut open really really bad so uh, a lot a lot of discussion about that i mean i think we would all degree, probably unprotected chair shots in this day and age are not something you need to be doing.
2: You could have told the story just by having spears, not with just the, like I, not to defend it, but what they were going for is just that shock moment. Just the one, just that one huge shot. Like what the heck? But to me, if you just, just beat him up with the chair, you know, hit him, you know, to on the side, like repeatedly, and then just beat him, like got him to the ground and just start like hitting him over like the back. Mm. The same story has been told. Yeah, and on that note, all these people who are telling me, "Oh, Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger is this, you know, untapped resource in the WWE." All oh, people love that Ten Channel. You got to push this Ty Dillinger. A weak reaction to Mr. Spears, was it not?
1: Oh yeah, and you've been re- you've been on the ball on this, Kyle, because you've said on the show before that. They can't just take any WWE cast off and assume they're going to be a star. And I think this is, you know, point A there. I, I mean, who is clamoring to see Sean Spears right now in AEW? I he's not in the probably not in the top ten.
3: Okay. You know, it's it's funny, but that's that's kind of the story they're telling though, is that you know uh, beforehand they had uh, a recording or something of Cody saying that you know he's probably not he's not really a superstar, but he you know he's going to make a great coach someday. You know. Mm-hmm
2: yeah so yeah they can turn that i mean they they can turn that into a good story and, and i want to get back to cody rhodes and stories because he's got a lot of them going on around himself right now uh, on the program but as far as this one goes and with sean spears would this have had a better impact had he not yet appeared on aew television had he not been on the battle royal oh absolutely okay. just the shock value for sure I, i just say that because if this is wwe that's gets that gets brought up and again Mm -hmm. we're objective on the show Mm -hmm. okay we don't root 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 for the home team let's use our brains folks you know let's apply the same rules that we do to each promotion
1: yeah no absolutely great point so uh Uh, yeah what what else did you have on cody kyle let's you say your piece
2: i brought this up when we talked about double or nothing the match with Dustin. And you know, for the record, I, I said that that is, you know, at the time was my match of the year. And I think it's still, you know, along with the Osprey Takage match, you know, they're one two for me. So let's let me preface that. But my one criticism of Cody and Dustin is man, does his character seem to vacillate between babyface and heel? And it's kind of rich that he's chosen like triple H as his, tar- as his anti WWE target. When it pretty fair to say a lot of the criticisms you could levy on triple H and there are many, which are fair. You could levy towards Cody Rhodes as a performer as well. Very, look, very similar. Look at it. He, I mean, this promote, I mean, how many storylines does this guy have kind of around him already? You know, right. he's got the, you know, him and his brother going to wrestle the box, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, he's got now Darby Allen and he's got Sean Spears. And, you know, this is, he very clearly worked as a heel in the both matches so far.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. But the thing he did with the sledgehammer at the one, I think was a total babyface move. Yeah. And then he babyfaced himself after the match with that promo. Um, but then he comes back here, works total heel. And I, I, you know, and another comparison with Triple H too. Heat segments take a little long sometimes, don't they? <laughs> I think I think this match might have been better as a fifteen minute draw. Could have told the same story. That's a you know something I criticize a lot of people for in twenty nineteen. But then you know, he after working the heel, Spears comes out, potatoes him with the chair, and we're supposed to feel sympathy for him. If this is WWE, this guy's getting crucified, right?
1: Yeah, a yo yo of emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of similarities there, though, for the, uh, the throne breaker and the game.
2: <laughs> By the way, I, I did. I said this before. I think I think Cody Rhodes versus Triple H in 2019 would be like the worst match ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would not be clamoring to see that one. It'd no. be like,
2: the, get the Spider-Man gif up, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey what did you guys think uh i want to throw this out to you because i saw some different opinions on this so the the elites match with the lucha brothers and uh, laredo kid and obviously uh the elite comes out dressed in the street fighter gear and uh they did like the moves from the video game what did you guys think of that because i saw some people on twitter like crucifying it that that was just too goofy and I'm thinking like lighten up people I thought I thought it was cool I, th- I thought it was cool they they uh, recreated some of the street fighter moves in the match I thought the outfits were sweet I mean the bucks have been on par I, I mean I'm a little biased here as an Elvis fan but uh, I love their get ups at double or nothing and uh, I thought this was I thought this was really really cool what did you guys think about it? did you have any problem with that at all
3: I, can I just real quick I, I've, I've seen the results of the show I've seen some of the gifts. Uh, that's the first thing I've heard where I really actually want to go back and watch it now. Cause I had not heard about that.
1: Oh yeah. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I was watching it here with my buddy, Tim who's a big gamer. And right away he called Kenny's outfit before he came out. <laughs> I called it exactly what he was going to be dressed up like. And, uh, I, I, we popped for it. I thought it was cool. Like if you had a problem with this, you're taking wrestling too seriously. I think
3: the, the whole, the whole premise of the show is silly based on, uh, uh, what was it the fire festival Yeah. Uh, so I mean yeah you gotta I think you need to go into
1: the show a little bit more lighthearted well exactly that yeah they're having the show at a video game festival which <laughs> I gotta say man this MGF, MJF what a talent he is oh. and <laughs> and I know poor, if he was on the podcast he'd run me down for saying that but uh, man this that guy
2: poor, that, is... <laughs> that poor bastard they showed at that version that, that was
1: that, that was wrong man that was hilarious though I mean man mGf he is so good so good I, is there a better heel in wrestling right now I'm not sure that there is I mean he lived to gimmick every minute of the day every interview he does with our friend Chris van Vleet uh, you know on Twitter He's pulling heel moves and people that uh, tag him in posts and uh, both shows with, with Brett at Double or Nothing and here with the crowd uh, before the four-way he was in.
2: Really good stuff. Had, he's, had got to that, that there. he's got that Miz natural heel charisma to him. Like, you oh, know, you yeah. look at him and you want to boo him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me be the odd man out here. I was in the Jim Ross camp when it came to the Bucks entrance. I actually didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like, I don't I don't know a lot about video games. Oh,
0: well, that's fine. So it it doesn't take away from the show, does it? Well, but
2: but I did tweet, um, text my buddy Chad. I was like, wow, the Bucks came across looking more like tools than stars in their entrance there. And I said, oh, I guess I didn't get that it was an ode to some video game. You so, really don't know Street Fighter, Kyle. You're of the age you should know Street Fighter. I did not, I had no idea what they were doing, and then I did know mid-match when they did the thing where they all like held their hand out mm-hmm. i was like okay but and then the you will know, just also hit you over the head with it like i did remember that being some sort of like reference but yeah when they came out i had no idea what they were doing as a part what are they doing
1: <laughs> well i mean for those in the know it was cool yes it was just mine, Justin, but- you know street fighter right yeah okay
2: okay but to a ca- okay to a casual audience what do you think I mean, again, there probably wasn't much of a casual audience, but you know.
1: I mean, again, it just if they had done this out of the blue, maybe. But it, since it was at a gaming festival, it I think that, it's been like line. I said, and yeah. I said
2: there was the I'm like, oh, it was a video. Okay, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I'm just saying that I personally did not know what it was, and cannot. I, I mean, were Jim Ross and I the only people, you know, that didn't know what it what it was? I mean, if that's true, then I mean, that's shame on me, I guess. But like, you know, I'm just saying, like, if you. Were there other? Is it? It's only an issue. The only reason way it's an issue is if like casual people watch it. and like, "These guys are tools. I'm not rooting for these people." Like that's <laughs> I, the yeah. only way it's an issue. If if that didn't happen, then it is a non factor.
1: I'd say the majority probably because Street fighters, again, a game. They people still play. And man, when, when did that first come out? Early '90s, mid '90s. That. That game spans almost 30 years. So I, I think, you know, 40 somethings, a lot of them would know it. The younger kids know it. And, and they're at a gaming festival. I don't know. I just, I thought it was worthy of discussion because I, I saw some people criticizing on Twitter. I'm like, really? Like, of all things they criticize, I thought it was cool. But Justin, go back and watch it. It's, you'll like it.
2: As you wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only, only other thing, too, Janella and Alan were kind of, Playing the same role on this card was that, yeah, taking the big bumps. Well, well, yeah, and they were like, it was like the up and comer against the more established star who's been from WWE, you know, and it was a hardcore style environment. Was that too much of one thing on the same card, or be okay with that? Or, Mm -hmm. yeah
1: again I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because it okay. was different different style matches if they okay. both had done the non-sanction or the hardcore matches yeah that'd be too much it harder. was it was
2: different i'm just saying again if it's wwe that question gets asked
1: yeah so yeah the main event we kind of already touched on it the hardcore match it was good for what it was it's not typically my cup of tea but i'm not gonna lie watching it you know i reacted to most of the big spots that they were doing and uh about the, the thumbtack stuff as always was Pretty gruesome. Janela took a big bump off the ladder. I, you know, they, they did what they had to do. Moxley had to get the win, uh, but they made they made Janela look like a pretty big deal
2: in the process. So I th- I thought this succeeded. Yeah, and him getting a main event spot. You know, yeah, and doing it. So, so no, like I said, this was a bridge show, and it was a good bridge show. You know, not every show has like you know when WWE does its way of just booking week show to show, week to week you know, month to month, you get a lot of stuff that just doesn't, you know, you, you don't get bridge shows anymore because they're not bridging to anything. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, remember, remember a little thing called the highway to hell. Remember summer of 98. Oh, what a fantastic time. Okay. That was. Yeah. You, you heard ACDC a lot that summer. Okay. Which is a great thing. You know, they announced that main event weeks in advance, like what, maybe even close to two months. They announced that, right? It was after, because Austin wins the title back here in Cleveland. I was at that show. And pretty soon after, they announced the SummerSlam main event with Undertaker. And there was a show in between Fully Loaded where they did a tag match. It was like them two against what Kane and Mankind. I think they win the tag titles for a couple weeks. That was a bridge show. Bridge shows are okay if they um, their success is not whether it's not whether or not it's a blowaway show. It's does it enhance you wanting to watch the next big upcoming show? And I think this did that. It was better than Stomping Ground, which I think AEW probably takes for granted. But, you know, if this is a, you know, a quote unquote war we're in between the two promotions, I think that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. or set or set on the record.
1: Yeah. Well, you can make the case that uh, next weekend, Both companies could be looking at those shows as uh, bridge shows because you got Fight for the Fallen, which will be the last show before All Out, and then you got WWE Extreme Rules the next day. Uh, That's more of
2: a throwaway show, I believe, than a bridge show. I don't (laughs) bridge to
1: well. It's the last pay per view before SummerSlam. Bridge to nowhere,
2: I believe that it's
1: it's the bridge for getting Baron Corbin into yet another main event. God help us. Hopefully, no,
2: no, it won't be. No, it it, it's you know it's winner take all. I mean, I guess if he wins it, they would do a, a rematch. but I don't think that's
1: going no, to No, it'll be time to pull the plug by then. But, uh, no. Uh, next weekend, that's going to be a huge weekend. We'll be previewing it all on the show.
2: Episode 106 uh, next week.
0: The but War will
1: uh,
3: back.
2: By the way, because you have the Evolve Anniversary show going head-to-head with Fight for the Fall and we're going to have to discuss that next week. That's
1: right. That's right. So we'll have a big, big show next week. Make sure that you tune in for that. Subscribe so you don't miss it. So that's pretty much, I I guess that's everything I wanted to cover from Fighter Fest. It's been a few days, obviously, at this point. Almost a week, but... uh, needed to cover it and uh, now as we look forward to uh, WWE's television well I I use that term loosely look forward to WWE television but guys maybe you are Uh, we recorded the edition of uh, Top Rope Nation Extra for Patreon last week where Kyle and myself immediately provided some hot takes on uh, the rehiring of Eric Bischoff to WWE in creative for Smackdown we got Paul Heyman now on Raw doing creative and uh this week was the first week of the new era now apparently bischoff really didn't have any impact on smackdown this week nice to see um, him turning on turn,
2: turning in that old 1999 effort easy <laughs>
1: yeah raw um i think uh hayman was a, involved a little bit correct a uh, little f- from what i heard not not mm-hmm. majorly yet they're kind of they're working them in slowly to their new roles head of
2: creative on each show yeah, but-, but if you read the internet you would have no idea
1: Yeah, no, you would have no idea. Um, They did did pull some big angles on Raw. Uh, Raw was much better than SmackDown. I thought Uh, covering SmackDown. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. that well, that's exactly what I'm getting at because I'm covering SmackDown for, as always, comicbook.com, and uh, you know we write stories over the. Big headlines happen during the show, and I'm watching SmackDown. It's like there's not really anything to write. Like nothing major happened. Uh, I think I wrote an article about the the stipulation added to the Undertaker match uh, for Extreme Rules. Um, they added uh, heavy machinery to the tag team match at the end. I wrote an article over that. SmackDown just wasn't like a majorly headline show. Uh, not making major headlines, but Raw certainly did with the AJ Styles thing at the end, and then they opened with the the hot angle with Lashley and Strowman that had people talking with the big explosion on the entranceway. So definitely the, the more uh, newsworthy show this week was Raw. What
2: did you guys think, Kyle? Well, I thought the most interesting thing, and really maybe the only interesting, no, that's not fair. There's a couple interesting things on SmackDown, but the most was that Kevin Owens is clearly going babyface again.
1: Yeah, Wait. talk about yo-yo. There we go.
2: Well, he never should have turned heel. Mm-hmm. What was that for? Why'd they do that? They could, I've said it before. Daniel Bryan worked that same show. Yeah. The you, show that they were-
1: Kyle, you had to love uh, Kevin Owens destroying Dolph Ziggler. I, I when assume.
2: Dolph Ziggler came out, I was so mad.
1: <laughs> hey, he actually, he gave
2: an interview without
1: screaming the whole time.
2: Yeah, because Owens screamed for him. And <laughs> did you notice, by the way, Owens really got over with that. Um, yeah. And Owens did a very good job, I think, of subtly teasing a face turn throughout the show. And, and it got the crowd ready first. So when he hit the stunner at the end of the show on Ziggler, the crowd was with him. It's the right call to have him as a baby face. He's not fresh as a heel. Um, they managed to just beat him unmercifully um, in the one month since the turn. Mm-hmm. So he, he I, I'm excited to see Kevin Owens as a baby face. Um, the other thing that I liked on SmackDown too was Kofi and Joe's promo. I think some of the content itself exposed that they don't have a lot to work with, but yeah. damn, they, 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 tried their best. You know, the, you know, Kofi flipping him off was great. Yeah. Um, you, know, there, you know, not the first non PG thing that we, saw or heard on wwe tv this week so um the line where kofi like was like yeah you just lost the u.s title and now you're challenged i, I would have left that out i wouldn't have scripted that because you brought that up on the show last week you don't want to make it seem like your contenders are failing up
1: yeah yeah because that, that was a big
2: big big problem uh, logically to make yeah. that leap well, yeah well the thing is but i don't think I don't think he talked about wanting revenge for getting tapped by Joe on raw. Unless if I missed that, I apologize if I did. Yeah. I
1: I don't recall that either.
2: Yeah. I would have brought that up. Not the, you know, failing up thing. Um, but raw, yeah, had the big angle up front. Um, the undertaker was on AJ and ricochet seems to have some interest because there was not the big third hour drop. And then you had this Mike and Maria situation.
1: What did you make of that?
2: Uh, I would not want to be Mike Canellis working for the World Wrestling Federation right now. <laughs> and they just re-signed,
1: right? Five years?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, I mean, God, that felt right out of the Russo playbook, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know I mean, that felt right out of the Russo playbook. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what else it, I, it made me think. It made me also forget about that. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch have no chemistry as a team whatsoever.
1: No, it should not be a storyline. As we've been saying, it just shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It is taking away from Becky. Okay. You have to admit at this point. No,
2: no, no, See, no. I'm glad you brought that up. So it's funny. Your concern is totally misplaced in that situation. She's what? Over, she's the over one. He ain't.
1: But she doesn't need to be in the story. Like, it's just a waste of Becky Lynch. Yes,
2: Yes. I think it's holding her back.
1: So it is hurting her.
2: Yeah, it's hurting her. But, like, I think... That's my point, yeah. Although, I I thought you... I See, the way I was ingesting some of your verbiage was to be that, oh, well, this is going to really, like, devalue, like, okay, again, I guess you're going to come back, well, it is. But, like, like, (laughs) she was going to be the second fiddle. Like, I guess is like the way I was kind of hearing you. Yeah. And to me, she's the one who's over. Like, granted, okay, Seth would like start the match, but the crowd was chanting for the tag of Becky pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, man. Like, Seth, it's just like that whole line about, oh, you me what was it? What did he say? Like, what was the uh, word they used? Like, about him being, like, him being, um, Oh come on! What was the word he used? He kind of is a wink, wink, nod, nod to his Twitter thing. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Oh, what? Me? I'm, you know, I can be impetuous or whatever." Like that was that uh, was just that promo their promos together have been bad. bad,
1: bad, 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 bad. Justin. Um, you weren't with us on the, uh, the Top Rope Nation Extra show, which, again, listeners, you can, you can check that out. It's exclusive over on Patreon. Uh, what's your initial reactions? We haven't talked about this with you to uh, the news about Bischoff and Heyman. What's, what's your take on all this? Is, does it excite you? Do you think it's a good move, a bad move? Uh, what are you feeling at this point?
3: I don't think it's going to matter if they still report to Vince McMahon, and, and he's got final say. And if they keep doing this wild card rule, and they don't make these two brands actually look and feel different. I don't think it matters. Although I will, I'm if they give them some leeway, I'm excited to see what Heyman does. Shocked that they went to Eric Bischoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes and no, I guess, because he he was part of you know, and he was a big reason for one of the most exciting times in wrestling, and and he wasn't really a hundred percent at fault for the downfall of wcw either so i don't know maybe uh i'm curious to see maybe they know something we don't
1: yeah we kyle and i talked on on the patreon show about some other names that are out there that we thought possibly could have been better choices some more new blood that haven't been in this position before i guess we we're both shocked that they would go to a guy who hasn't really had any success booking wrestling in you know twenty years. But uh, I guess you know they're looking at him. He's going to be doing the Fox Show um, and uh, his experience with with big networks from WCW. But uh, you know I, I I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think you're you're right. Uh, they're still reporting to Vince McMahon, so I'm not sure how much of a, a difference it's actually going to make if it all still goes through him. Um, once the XFL gets started, we'll see if Vince's attention gets divided a little bit. Maybe we'll get, be able to get some more original ideas through. Uh, but God for willing. the time being, yeah, for the time being, uh, I'm not sure how much is going to change. I do think it might reinforce the brand split a little bit, though. Now that they're doing this, Kyle, you agree?
2: Yeah, I just I don't know how it can't. Like if well, the Bischoff Heyman thing allegedly isn't going to be storyline, right? So. Right. I don't know, but it would be weird if you have these different, like, if you're having different writing teams, then they're gonna, the, then you run into the thing, it's like, well, what if they're using them in like kind of different ways? Or what if like the one show does something that the other show didn't want? You know, what if Bischoff does something with Seth Rollins that Heyman didn't like?
3: That, and it's, that's why You have to get rid of the wild card rule. Yes.
2: Yes. Like to me, like if. If you're going to have a brand split, you, yes, you need two writing teams. If you're not going to have a brand split, it should just be one writing team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so we'll be talking a lot of WWE next week with the pay-per-view on the horizon. But uh, I did want to get to this historical topic before we wrap things up tonight because we've been talking off air. This was Justin's idea about covering this topic we love talking classic wrestling obviously you can hear top rope nation classics over on patreon those are some of the funnest shows that we do so we thought we'd change the pace a little bit this week it's kind of a historical question um with uh, tag team wrestling so justin do you want to lay out what the premise is for this discussion we're about to have and in what kind of the rules are that you thought of when you put this question out there on our twitter page
3: yeah so you know i wish i could remember how it even sprung to my mind? It was probably just me randomly thinking of Cesaro and uh, how great he is. But basically, it's just you know I wanted to know what is the Mount Rushmore of tag team specialists, and in order to qualify for me in my thought, in which I'm I'm going to give it to Kyle for coming up with with a much better uh, uh, reasoning as to what makes a tag team specialist. But my initial thought was i didn't want anybody who became a world champion or went on to like a main event uh run because that to me that just that made, yeah that just made that yeah you're a solo wrestler at that point you've made it um because frankly I, I thought like kofi kingston would have been a great option until his most recent run mm-hmm. you know now so he is me,
1: disqualified now.
3: yeah to me he's a main event star but kyle actually said it better when he brought up he thought a tag team specialist is someone who, uh, you could actually make a strong argument that their tag team work was more interesting than their solo career. So, I mean, either way you want to look at it, you know, when I posed the question on our Twitter feed, a lot of people came back, uh, with edge and uh, like, I don't, to me, that doesn't, he doesn't qualify at all.
2: But mm-hmm. I want to table that discussion for a second. Cause I've actually been thinking about that in the last week.
3: So, uh I, and and when I posed it to you guys, it was because to me, there's three sure things and I couldn't decide on who would be the fourth guy. So for me, Bobby Eaton, Aaron Anderson and Cesaro are on the Mount Rushmore of tag team specialists. And so I threw it to you guys to help me figure out for one, did you agree that Cesaro should be on there? And two, who's that fourth guy?
1: Okay. Kyle, what did you think of those names? And what, what did you have on edge, too, before I forget?
2: I was trying to look at our discussion from the text message situation. Oh, okay. Okay, anyway, whatever. I can kind of remember it anyway. So, yes, I like how Justin prefaced it with Eaton, Anderson, and Cesaro. All three of them need to be on there. I thought that I actually think there are three pretty obvious choices. And the, the interesting part's the fourth, because the, no one came to mind initially. I was at the zoo. By the way wandering around with my child while i received this text message and immediately then took my mind off my child and just started wandering just oh. hey,
3: real quick i'm sorry to interrupt the other caveat for me was uh multiple partners you could, yes, like yes. i think a lot of people threw out like robert gibson and that just doesn't work for me for i know Mort- i know he. Yeah, yeah sorry ricky morton yeah uh, that just doesn't work for me i know he had multiple runs even one with another
2: guy but it wasn't memorable with the other guy so, okay, it's funny you mentioned Ricky, because that is an important camp because I think Ricky Morton had, like, one of the great defined roles in the history of tag team wrestling, like, I brought up, you know, like, I joked about her on the show, just, you know, playing Ricky Morton, but... um you know, there's the argument, how important was Robert Gibson that team? If there's somebody similar to Robert Gibson with the rock, with the rock and roll even better. But yeah, you're right. I, I think it's somebody who's got to have to have multiple partners. I actually went with like three or more to me had to be my rule Um, with edge. Okay. I get where it's like, okay, what is edge better known for? I think people, most people identify edge as like the rated R superstar now. Right. Do you think mm-hmm. that his
3: yes. run with Lita?
2: Okay, yeah, I, I think – or even post-Lita, even, like, with Vicky Guerrero, just as, like, smack-top, smack-down heel. Like, I think that's what most people identify Edge as, even more so than the team with Christian. Now, that said, Edge has been in some, like, pretty damn good tag teams. And at times, I wasn't as crazy about a singles run as other people were. Um – I, I never really liked him as a singles baby face, to be very blunt. Um, so I, I could see him, he can go both ways. I could see why you wouldn't want to count him, but man, you know, obviously the Christian teams is one of the, you know, on the short list of great teams in WWE history. Um, I liked the team. I talked about this on Twitter. I know a sore spot, Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I liked the team with Hogan a lot. I thought that was a phenomenal use of 2002 Hulk Hogan, basically just to stand out there and get a hot tag and work for a couple minutes. Well, Edge played Ricky Morton. Um, I liked, I, I can't tell you a great rated RKO match, but I liked that. I liked them together. I think their best moment was actually in that four-way at Backlash 07 with Cena and HBK. Um, And I'm trying to think who else. There was another team that I liked with Edge. I was thinking about it, now it escapes me.
3: I, I might have missed it you said ray mysterio right
2: no i didn't that that was it and yes of course the with ray mysterio the smackdown six that was a very good that was a good babyface face technique that was that was the only that 2002 period where he was up and coming was like the only time i liked to Edge the babyface. but anyway um that's edge the name that i came up with and i texted you guys this was dustin rhodes again dustin does have it's some gray area, or should I say gold area? Wah, wah. um, you know, because he is very well known for doing gold dust. But I could throw the question back: Is gold dust that great? It was memorable. He had the Ahmed Johnson mouth-to-mouth angle on Raw, which we all laugh at. I think, or are we not laugh think- at it anymore.
3: He certainly peaked uh, with Roddy Piper at WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, well, it was around the same time, but like, okay, let, let take that that six months when he was the Intercontinental Champion out of the equation, okay, kind of floundered the rest of the year. 97 babyface gold dust absolutely sucked. I mean, right? I mean, there's yeah, no doubt yeah. for that. Um the artist formerly known as Gold Dust period was as shameless as it got. His ring work wasn't good. I mean, it was mildly entertaining at times. Um Bible thumping Dustin Runnels smelled really bad. So you don't
3: say anything bad about Seven, his WCW run. Oh boy, <laughs> there's
2: And I mean, obviously I like Locked the Yeah, you know, I like the memory. and that there's the natural Dustin Rhodes is obviously very good too. If we'll go back to WCW, but let's go back to WCW. Because he had, to, I think some of his great moments, most of them to be a, a good portion, were in the confines of a tag team. Barry Wyndham, Justin, I know you're on. You co-signed oh, that. Loved, I
3: love that tag team. Love
2: the Texicans as Jesse Ventura referred to them as. Um, then, of course, you know it was short-lived, but. Him and Steamboat won the titles, and that match where they win him at the clash oh, is like another great match? match. It's one of the best WCW matches of the 90s. I'd probably put it in my top five, quite frankly, if we're being honest. Um, and then you move to his WWE career. Okay. Love the team with Booker T. And mm-hmm. here's the thing, too. A very different, and we'll get into this when we break. what we'll, we'll, we have to go back to our Eaton and Cesaro. But you know, Gold and Booker, obviously a much different team than Dustin and Barry. Like, it's like not even like the same kind of thing. Um, and then you have his team with Cody, again, a very different thing, a, a brother team. I like all those teams. I I would submit Dustin Rhodes to be one of the great tag team
1: wrestlers of all time. So, Kyle, do you agree with the top three of Eden yeah. Arn and Sazaro? Yes. And then, are you are you uh, putting? I would, I would
2: actually, I would, I would, I actually think it's inarguable that those are the top three.
1: Okay. And then, uh, so are you going with Dustin for your fourth spot? Yes. Okay. Uh,
2: there is one ironic thing as we t- so let's talk. I'll throw this deep ride. Okay. So, um, with, um, after we do this, Cesaro had um, the real Americans, Tyson Kidd, Sheamus.
3: And of course, uh, Chris Hero. Obviously, that wasn't and they, WWE. Yeah but. And the,
2: yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that, that's um, with Anderson. There's a real irony with Anderson and Eaton too, because their team together was actually their weakest team for both of them. <laughs> I think when they team together, like it was again that dirty word known as expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's oh my god. You know that match with the Steiners Super Bowl two. This would be the best match of all time, and it was kind of like yeah. It's okay, but um, yeah. That's all I had on that.
1: Um, I I would not go with Dustin Rhodes um, as my fourth. Mm-hmm. I'll talk in a second. Uh, Justin, do you have a fourth?
3: I Kyle actually talked me into Dustin. If only I because I couldn't come up with a good one. You know, I thought of guys like uh, uh Mike Rotundo.
2: Um, boy, I'm People drawn some bad teams too. Yeah. Like Money Inc., can we just speak let's just freaking put our cards on the table. Money <laughs> Inc. not good. They had some um, boring matches in the history of mankind.
3: I think you could uh make an argument for Billy Gunn.
1: Hmm, I have handies one of them was, I was Although I'm you. not
3: I wasn't a fan of the smoking guns. Yeah.
2: I didn't like how they wrestled in jeans, it made me uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um it? It, but my my the other thing I really wondered is I think when it's all said and done, uh, I think Chad Gable is going to be on this list, and I think you can make an argument that he's probably in the top ten right now.
1: Okay. Well, the names that I've been going back and forth between. So if if you are if your criteria here is multiple title runs with multiple partners, yes, I've kind of narrowed it down to two guys Ooh. that I feel really you could I'm able to pick it. I think you could really make a case for both of these guys because they had multiple title runs with multiple people. Um, The first one I'm going to mention is Owen Hart. Because Owen Hart had a tag team title win with Yokozuna with the Bulldog, obviously. They were together for a while, 96-97. He had a title run with Jeff Jarrett. Late in his career, he also and had a
2: team you know, during that dog era of in ring work,
1: yeah. And then, I mean, the new foundation brief, but with the anvil, they didn't have any title runs, but that, he had a tag had team them with them, and then high energy with Coco Beware,
2: nor <laughs> was that good,
1: <laughs> yeah. But I'm just, I'm just mentioning all okay. the teams I can like the high profile teams he was in. Um, but you, you look at the three title runs there Yokozuna, Jeff Jarrett, Bulldog. I always thought his team with Bulldog was great. Uh, Justin, you reacted when I said Owen Hart, what were your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I love that you brought that up. Cause you know, I, I had thought of him and for me there, there became kind of a cutoff of guys that I could accept. And it, it was basically on one side, there's Dustin Rhodes on the other, there's Owen Hart for me, Owen Hart doesn't make it because for one, I think his solo stuff is way more interesting. And, and plus you add in, uh, his feud with Bret Hart is by far the most interesting part of his career. Um, I just preferred him as a solo act. It, it, for me, just me personally, my own opinion, I didn't really like any of his partners. I hate Jeff Jarrett. I didn't like watching Yoko Zuna wrestle. Um, well, so that, that, you,
2: fortunately it, that, with Allman, you didn't have to do that much. True. <laughs> so yeah.
3: So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where my cutoff was as far as, you know, one side of the other is as far as it, can somebody be considered a tag team specialist. I, I would definitely accept your argument. Um, but for me, he, he's just not quite there. He's a, he's a little too big, big for a tag team specialist. So low, big.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, those are all good points. I could see that.
3: I I thought of him too,
2: for the record. So I, I I was wondering if you were going to bring up someone I hadn't thought of.
1: Yeah, I just, I just see Owen though. Like for me, maybe it's, it's just the time periods I was watching and when I was most into wrestling. But when I think of like him and Dustin Rhodes, I have a lot of memories of Owen and the tag teams. And with Dustin, I more think of his singles runs. But you could also make the argument Owen brought out. A lot of good in his partners uh, but we can come back to that if you want but the other guy i thought it was rick steiner because obviously with scott um he also held titles with uh, mm. sting terry taylor not to mention judy bagwell <laughs> okay
2: fine. but okay i think justin we need to clarify something because because ryan has mentioned the rick steiner judy bagwell team <laughs> the new foundation and high energy here there's another caveat, Justin. I don't want to speak for you on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can give a little nod if you're in agreement. <laughs> the teams also had to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was
1: actually no. I I said that in jest, but it was it was a it was a tag team title win. But no, with with him, obviously, it's more his uh, long run with Scott. And uh, Scott went on to a bigger singles run, so I don't think you can consider him here, obviously, with the criteria. But Rick definitely a tag team specialist. Multiple title wins looking more so with Sting and Terry Taylor. Um, I had Billy Gunn on my list, but you guys just mentioned him a little bit ago. Um, then he then you get down to obviously the British Bulldog, two different eras with Dynamite Kid in the 80s, huge stars, and then uh he goes on to a singles run with the IC title, and then nearly a decade later, he's starring with Owen in a tag team championship situation again. So I think you can make a case for Davy Boy Smith and uh Probably on the outside, you're looking at like a Devon Dudley, uh, Marty Janetti, who, th- uh, who him, him and Sean, they never got the title win recognized. He also was champs with the 1 2 3 kid. So, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Uh,
3: another name I wanted to throw out there, one that for me doesn't qualify because uh, of too much of a main event run and a world champion. Uh, but I think an argument could be made that his. Tag team stuff is more interesting than his solo work. Kane,
1: yeah, true, very true. He's, he's, he's
3: been, you him. know, RVD, X Pac, uh, Undertaker, obviously. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's been in a lot of uh, pretty good he tag a, teams. He,
2: he had a lot of the very unlikely team of Kane, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was in a lot of those, you know, when you brought up, yeah, X Pac. Um, I don't know. This is a tough That's all the
1: ones I had that were different from what you guys have mentioned. I I had a lot of the other ones on my list that you had already talked about.
3: I definitely think an argument could be made for if Owen Hart is considered to be eligible, I would put him above Dustin Rhodes. Um, just because I think, you know, he's just a better wrestler, a greater talent. Um, just personally, he doesn't qualify. So, um, I'm open to if, if we just want to leave that third spot open, or if uh, you guys want to make a call. So, so I mean, I'm not building
2: this. I hope you know that I'm going <laughs> to go out my back. <laughs>
1: <car> <laughs> clarify the- again, yeah. Justin. So why, why is Owen not qualified? Cause he didn't help. He didn't have a world title. He had the brief few. Well, not brief about a year with Brett over the world title. Um,
3: For, for me, he, he had a good main event run and, I thought he'd his... argue that
2: that was the highlight of his career. I think, yeah, well. like you know, that was better yeah. than anything he did tag. Yeah,
3: for. and to in exactly that, that I think his solo run was far more interesting than his tag run.
1: Okay, so do you have a, a fourth you're willing to uh tag your name to or undecided, Justin? I, I, I would,
3: I wouldn't permanently put the name on. It would be like maybe with a little scotch tape, but but I'd say Dustin Rhodes for now. And I'm,
2: yeah, I'm willing to hear from our listeners too. To hear from yeah. People. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the scotch tape. Let's talk about the, the three
1: guys that were just like. Well, what, what about before that? What about Rick Steiner? You guys didn't talk okay, about Rick Steiner.
0: I, I actually
2: like that because Rick Steiner, other than the end of 88 when he broke away from the Varsity Club and he wins the TV title from Rotunda, the former partners deal, Rick never did get over as a singles guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, did I hate him in like 99 WCW as a singles, like, deal. God, God, was that horrible. Um, and for a while, Scott struggled too. Remember like Scott, like everyone would watch Scott with the confines, it's actually like, oh my God, wait till this guy breaks out as a single star. And they gave him that Ric Flair match on the clash and it like, wasn't good at all. Um, yeah, Rick Flair, 91, hello. You're not having good matches with him um it wasn't until he discovered big pop Pump, you know but uh, rick steiner i think is is on the list i don't know if he has enough body i mean he does have the work in uwf but for me he- i
3: just i didn't find him interesting outside of the steiner brothers I didn't really just. I didn't really care for any of them. Yeah, I mean, the he was teams.
2: in other teams, but yeah, it's just kind of like it's so much the Steiner. It, it's so much Rick Steiner, and one half of the Steiner brothers. I think that might, you know, whereas you know, a guy like Owen or, or, or Justin, they had more um, variance of their different tag teams.
1: Okay, so uh, the other three, the three that are in stone for us, what
2: do we want to say here about Eaton and Arn and Cesaro? Is cesaro the best solo worker of the three and is that because he never has truly gotten a singles push in the wwe That's hmm. the hard question
3: oh man i, I want to say yes but you know I, I can't help but think about i loved Arn anderson's television title run yeah, yeah. um but boy I, I think i would just i would go with cesaro's ring work anytime
1: like I would say I, I I would say I also like him slightly better than Arn. That's hard to say because I really, really like Arn Anderson too. But in a vacuum, if I gotta watch one of the two wrestle a singles match, I'm probably going with Cesaro also. What do you think, Kyle?
2: I love beautiful Bobby I love the Alabama jam. What a move. <laughs> a great high flyer. Beautiful Bobby. I loved uh, monsoon classic, one of the great uh, Names on YouTube.com.
1: That is hilarious because I was just talking about Monsoon Classic with a friend right before we did the show tonight. He lives in Cleveland. He does. Do you know him personally?
2: I don't. Which is a travesty. He goes on the AIW shows. I'm gonna. I don't know. Maybe I'll just sniff around. Maybe try to shake a few hands. You never. You never know what I'm up to.
1: I saw one of my buddies tonight that I haven't seen in many months back in town. We went out and had a couple drinks, and we always talk pro wrestling. It's a big. Big early 90s WWF fan. And uh, so he's always checking out m- the Monsoon Classic YouTube channel for that old footage. And I actually said to him tonight, been on YouTube on that Monsoon Classic channel lately. So to hear you name drop that on this show tonight is pretty hilarious.
2: Yeah, we. Um, <laughs> but he put up the formation of the Blue Bloods in like 95 WCW. And like, look, OK, that was pretty panned at the time. But, you know. With 2019 eyes on, it's really something to say that like, okay, maybe this isn't good, but him and Regal were both so committed to it that I really, you know, with 24, 25 years of hindsight was like, I respect this. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- I'll with Eaton that's so, I think with Eaton, that's so interesting too, is that like, you know, having, you know, midnight express obviously he was the constant you know and you know him and conjury were like the measuring stick for so long and then i think most people would then consider him and lane the better version like which says something right there
1: yeah absolutely
2: that the original midnight express were just so great and then he wound up like you know getting another second partner and they were um you know viewed as even better yeah
1: Okay. Well,
2: guy, though, definitely was not a very, unfortunately, just not a very interesting single.
1: Yeah. Well, Arn teamed with Bobby Eaton at one point. Yeah. Arn's yeah. Uh, obviously got the, uh, the the wrecking crew with with Ole Anderson, uh, the time with Tully Blanchard. I think for me, like when I thought of this question, Arn Anderson was the one that first came to mind. Yeah, he was like an automatic for me. So those three fourth it's just it's really tough to pick a fourth I'm not sure I can definitively say who I would go with because right now you know I was thinking about Owen now I'm kind of leaning towards Davy boy to be honest with you Ooh. just because of the, you know the two different eras where he was such a big star in a tag team and obviously what the Bulldogs did in the 80s was huge Man, I I don't know I, I feel like I want to go with Owen or the Bulldog right now with Rick Steiner just a, a little bit on the outside looking in
2: you just love the Heart Foundation.
1: I do love the Heart Foundation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I did you guys like Owen's team with Bulldog? Because I always really liked that team.
2: Let's talk about their highlights. <laughs> okay, no, no, I, I'm sorry. That that's bad. If podcast. you're not watching I, on Patreon, you didn't see the
1: didn't see the face that uh, Kyle was just making. No, I, I literally
2: went into thought mode. I was like, okay, let me take my brain and put it in 1996, 1997 WWF, and immediately try to you know, I did not great podcasting, but I'm like, okay, what are the highlights? Well, okay, it would probably be the match on Raw against Michaels and Austin. The title change when they lose. That is a By the way, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. Mm-hmm. TV matches, tailoring your style to work on TV, a little different than a pay-per-view match. That's another example of working on the TV. Oh, by the way, I'm going to have to do the match of the week, by the way. I have to look up what I wrote down. Oh, there. Yes, there it is. Okay. Um, No, I liked that team. I, I think they didn't. Tag Team wrestling was just so dead in that era. Yeah, the, it was. Yeah. It,
1: to me that that's kind of the thing. To me they they
2: kept it interesting at a time when it wasn't that. They were a good team and you know it's funny cuz it never went anywhere because of the Hart Foundation reformation. But the storyline him and Davey were building in 97, you know where Davey was going to turn babyface and Owen no was going to heal and they're going to feud, that was really well done. Yeah. And the team with Yoko was good because it was the perfect way to bring Yoko back at that stage of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, Yoko could just come in. It was it was basically the heel version of Hulk Hogan in the Edge team where Yoko could come in, do a couple power moves. We didn't have to sit through the f- stupid nerve holds, you know, because he could just tag Owen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Owen could do 90% of the work. You, you know, a tag team can be good with one of the guys doing 90% of the work. It's the old dream team rule, Valentine Beef Beefcake.
1: yeah uh man i I don't know i'm i think i'm leaning towards owen now again i i don't know this is a tough tough question i'd love to hear the listeners thoughts so if if you have some long drawn out thoughts on this we'll read them on the air explain your rationale email us nation at Mm gmail.com let us know Well, we can revisit this topic next week uh, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, like I told you, our Twitter account is up, but uh, the functionality is down. But uh, that's at Top Rope Nation Instagram, all those places. But email is probably best that's for this fun. kind of question. So, um,
3: please, please, please get get to us because Kyle really needs to get to work on that monument. It'll be a nice place for the frog to have orgies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, well, no, that's a great. That is a great past Top Rope Nation reference right there. Yeah uh kyle are you ready for the match of the week is it time or deep dive of the week yeah we're not
2: we do not have to dive very deep this week
1: i was wondering if it would have to do with this topic kyle so it is time for the kyle russ i love this sport
2: deep dive of the week Take i should have done a tag team match shouldn't i i always try to like have something to do it but i've been scrambling so badly this week i just was very lazy um it's from this year and we talked. Well, okay, I'll tie it in. I mentioned the Cody Dustin match earlier in the show, right? How oh, it might be my match of the year. Well, I'm pretty sure that this match is my third favorite match of the year, besides Cody and Dustin and Ospreay Takami. David Starr, Jordan Deadlin from OTT earlier this year. You can find it. They just put it. They just put it for free up on their YouTube page and the real thing you need to make sure you watch here is this video package because this ott i mean this promotion they they do the best video package of the business are
3: and they I, the ones who did the walter yes and jordan devlin
2: yes it's the same yeah same promotion i mean and they talk about that that they incorporate that into this storyline I, I don't mean to be hyperbolic i know i can be at times in the show i watched this i texted my buddy and i said look I know this sounds crazy. If I'm WWE, I'm telling Kevin Dunn, here's your severance package, pal. Go pass, go, collect $200, hit the freaking soup line because <laughs> you're out of here. We're bringing in these guys. This video, These video packages these guys do are unreal. I mean, it just gets you so fired up for this match. I mean, th- these guys didn't even have to, like, really do much to have me excited, but they did. Uh, it's a really hot match, and it's right up there at my top of the year." David Starr versus Jordan Devlin from Over the Top uh, Wrestling. Google Over the Top's YouTube channel. It'll be one of the first two things up there. Make sure you watch the video package first because, my God, it will enhance the viewing experience. Nice.
1: All right. Well, check it out. If you have if you have uh, comments on that, also email us, topropenation at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think. I uh, would love hearing from you guys. Love reading your comments on the air. So the email, or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read that on the air as well, Um oh. guys. People are blowing up stuff outside my house right now, doing the firework thing. I got to say, I would rather light my money on fire than spend money on fireworks. What a colossal waste of money!
2: Hey, I'll say what, I'm, man? Some say I was lighting my money on fire about the sh- in the shank of the evening Saturday night for Brian's <laughs> party birthday party.
1: I'd get more entertainment out of that than I would uh just. Throwing up stuff in the air, to be honest. No. Uh,
3: unless it's during a wrestling show, get fireworks the hell out of I'm here.
1: Serious, man. They've just been going off. My I kids are waking they're... up all night. I am not going to be happy.
2: I knew I liked you guys, man.
1: <laughs> There's like I my mean, patriotism, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: If, if you want good tag team wrestling, watch the freaking Crockett Cup that they did. They, you know, like oh, the yeah. Cup. I mean, that's full of the great tag teams.
1: I I'm still work working for... my way through that. I've seen about half of it at this point. Every ah! time I sit down to watch it, I see like a match and then I, I get pulled away.
2: God, the fantastics were great. In that. It's
1: pretty crazy to watch it without any commentary. <laughs> you know, it's it, it,
2: and you know, that actually kind of makes it tough because um, you know, I I can't it makes it it's kind of like that fact is maybe not want to put it on right before I go to bed because you know I'm naturally I'm tired. I'm like, well, if there's no commentary and I kind of lay it down, I'm not gonna listen, you know, I'll just throw on like some old nineteen eighty-six, you know, Boston Garden shows yeah
1: yeah it, it, it's a different watch it's like you're there in the crowd but if, if you don't have like the background on the guys especially like for newer fans they'll probably make it a little harder to watch but, Yeah, uh, beyond wikipedia reading about them
0: god
2: that song they dubbed in for the road warriors was atrocious oh well, I fast. thought that too
1: <laughs> yeah. what was that they, well they're doing like some of the singing though right so like they had to did they use that at some point I've never heard it before. I had neither. and It made me want to puke. I, I have no idea what it's from, but it's from some kind of, I don't know if they put out a cassette tape or something or what, because they they have a role in the song. But, uh, Hold
2: on one second.
1: Iron Man, it is not.
2: No, it isn't.
1: Yeah. Are you finding it?
2: I'm trying.
1: <laughs> Maybe I can Road find Warriors,
2: it. A Road Warriors femme theme.
1: I can find it and dub it in here in the background in post-production.
2: I don't know what the hell that was, but it was hideous. God, if somebody could give me the story on that, I'd love to hear it. It
1: is not good. It is not good. Well, guys, we hope you enjoy your holiday weekend. You can follow us on Twitter. Our personal accounts are still fully functional, so get... Hit up uh, at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T, at T-R-P Kyle, and at Ryan Drosti D-R-O-S-T-E, and uh, throw us a follow on our personal accounts. And like I said at the top of the show, at Top Rope Nation, there's some shenanigans going on. No idea what's happening with Twitter. Hopefully it returns a full functionality when we get all of our followers and our likes and everything back soon. But if you want to help us out, tweet at Twitter support and ask them, what is going on? with at top rope nations accounts. We love this podcast. Someone on your team is messing with their stuff and we don't like it. So uh, there's a rogue employee at Twitter guys. I don't know what's going on. All right. Any, any parting comments, fellas, before we hit the road? Uh, I'm all out. All out is coming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll be at all. Out. I'll be at all. out. Hopefully we'll see. Uh, Justin, enjoy your holiday weekend, sir. Hopefully I'll see you soon.
3: Oh yeah, gonna do some grilling and some beer drinking.
2: Oh yeah. Sounds Speaking like a grilling. Plan. I, I I'm critical of him. What? But not you, not your grilling or you, Justin. Um the 1st per- person I'm critical of uh, Jim Ross. He has his pot grilling with JR podcast. I do have to say, um the episode that they just dropped where they talk about the oh eight draft where JR totally got ribbed and moved to SmackDown most of the you can kind of skip through the beginning but towards the end he goes on this incredible sort of um retrospective of his relationship with vince mcmahon through the years it is a must listen it is interesting i have not heard about this i had forgot all about dr Heine, to be honest with you man that was some bullshit Mm. that was some bullshit
1: i will be listening to this soon yeah all right Sounds good, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, episode one hundred and five. We'll see you guys next week as we preview a big, big weekend in pro wrestling. Catch you then. Hey.